All right. Praise God. Let's go to Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs, the third chapter. And uh, you know Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. And one of, but you know, the whole Bible is a book of wisdom. You understand that. But uh, Proverbs is referred to as a book of wisdom. And uh, I want to talk tonight. We're talking about survival. You know, the economic times we're living in are, are uh, pretty challenging. And uh, talking about pro proverbial survival. Proverbial survival. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to look at some things that the book of Proverbs says about surviving. And, uh, you know... Tithing and giving, that's the supernatural side of survival. We, we talked about that last Sunday. And it is mentioned quite a bit in the book of Proverbs. But there's also many other nuggets of wisdom uh, on things we must do, practical things, natural things, in addition to tithing and giving that will cause us to survive these economic times. Remember, tithing and giving is just one aspect of prosperity or surviving. That's a supernatural side, but there's also a natural side. We're going to talk about some natural things tonight that we must do. It's good to be reminded of these things from time to time. Remember, it's the natural and the supernatural coming together that make an explosive force, you see. And, uh, you know, in these economic times, many times people ask the Lord for money. And you know what we really ought to be asking him for is wisdom. You know, one thing I've learned, and you just chew on this, a lack of money very oftentimes just magnifies the real problem. Usually you'll find that if there's a lack of money, that's not the problem. There's usually there's some other things there going on, and a lack of money just will magnify what the problems really are. Chew on that. A lot of times people are asking God for money when money's not what they need. They need wisdom. Because if they got the money, it's like putting a Band-Aid on, a, on, on a, a cancer. Did you get what I just said? Did you follow what I just said? See, wisdom, if you get wisdom, then you can do some things to get the, the finances to survive. Wisdom's more important than money. Because money can be gone tomorrow, but if you get wisdom, you can, you can, you can do things to keep, keep the finances flowing. Did you get what I just said? There's too many people just asking God, give me money to survive. No, let's ask Him for wisdom, you see. Wisdom. And, and then, you know, typically the money takes care of itself. Uh, so tonight I want to look at the book of Proverbs, mention some of the major themes of survival that's noted in the book of Proverbs. And one thing I've noticed about the book of Proverbs is there are many repeat verses on the same thing. And you know, anytime God repeats himself, we need to really listen. Is that right? And uh, so we're not going to look all the scriptures up. We'll just maybe look one up and then I'll mention some of the other ones. But look at Proverbs 3, 13. We've already talked to you about this, but let's read it here. Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man or the person who finds what? Who finds wisdom. You know, I found a $5 bill one time. 
when I was about eight years old and I, I just was just so happy. But you know, happy is the man who finds what? Who finds wisdom. You know, that, that $5 bill I got way back then, you know, <laughs> I found it walking down the aisle with my grandma at the grocery store. $5 bill. Picked it up. Thought I had a million dollars. You know, that $5 is gone. You know, that $5 wasn't enough to get me through to the age I am now. We need wisdom, don't we? Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her. Proceeds, that's wisdom's proceeds, are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. With who? With wisdom. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. So should we be looking for riches and honor or should we be looking for wisdom? Wisdom. wisdom. And with wisdom comes what? Length of days and riches and honor. And if you've got riches, you'll be able to survive these economic times, you see. Um, so we need to be going after wisdom. Now, if you're taking notes, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is a gathering of information. Wisdom is proper application of knowledge. Amen. You know, there's a lot of people that have knowledge, but they're going backwards because they don't have wisdom. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. Okay? You understand that? Knowledge is just a gathering of information. But wisdom is the proper application of that. So you find wisdom. What's, what's in, let's see if you got this. What's in, what's in wisdom's right hand? Length of days and what's in her left hand? So should we be going after riches and honor or going after wisdom? And what is wisdom? The correct application of knowledge. Good. Listen to these other scriptures. And if, if anybody wants these scriptures, just email the, the church uh, email and summit, summitcc.aol.com and we'll get these scriptures to you. But listen to this. This is Proverbs 8. Just listen. Receive my instructions and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her. Listen to this, Proverbs 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to understand is to be chosen rather than silver. Proverbs 24 says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So can you see that wisdom, knowledge, wisdom, understanding is really the principal thing, isn't it? There's so many people asking God for money when they really, be, they really should be going after these things, wisdom and knowledge and understanding. You, understand, you get that? Now listen to this, Proverbs 8, let's go... To Proverbs 8 verse 17 and and you know what I've learned over the years to get wisdom you need to seek God you need to go after God you need to go after the Word of God the Word of God has all the answers doesn't it go after the Word of God 
Look at this, Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me, how? Diligently will find me. So if you want to find the Lord, you've got to seek Him how? Diligently. Doesn't he, the book of Hebrews say He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him? And then look at verse 18. Riches and honor are with me. So we need to go after the Lord, don't we? And then, and then notice enduring riches and righteousness. See, if you get a hold of the Lord, what, what's with Him? Riches, honor, well... Enduring riches. You know, there's some riches that don't endure. And then he says, My fruit's better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. That I may cause those who love me to inherit what? Inherit wealth. That I may fill their treasuries. Now, how do you get, how do you get that, though? You get that by going after God. Seeking the Lord. The book of Psalms says this, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Now that's either true or it isn't. I believe it's true. So if you're out there listening to me, if you're hungry, start seeking the Lord. Because the Bible says that those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. The young lions may lack and suffer hunger. You know, I've got a new, a new understanding of what that's really saying. Uh, I never really did understand that scripture until just, just recently I got the revelation of it. Think about the baby lions. Think about their mom and dad. They're king of the, king of the beasts, is that right? So the king of the beasts are certainly going to feed their young, aren't they? And the Bible says that even though the king of the beasts' offspring may suffer hunger... Those who seek the Lord will not. How many of you know God is greater than the king of the beast, isn't he? How many of you know he created the king of the beast, is that right? Now then here's something else. Proverbs 6, let's go there, Proverbs 6. Hard work, hard work, hard work. Real loud say hard work. Yeah, you know, uh, how many ever, uh, another way of saying that is manual labor, manual labor. Somebody said manual labor one time, they thought that was a Spanish general. <laughs> no, that's one way to prosper is through, say hard work. Hard work. hard work. hard work. Now, you know the Bible in the book of Proverbs says so much about hard work versus laziness. And uh, now I want to say this. Somebody might say, well, pastor, I want to work. I just can't find a job. Come Sunday morning and we'll teach you how to get your job. Amen. This next Sunday. Praise God. And we'll teach you how to get whatever it is you need from God this next Sunday. Amen. But, but tonight, let's continue here. Say it again. Hard work. Hard work. Now notice Proverbs 6 and 9. The Bible says much about hard work and, and laziness. Look at this. How long will you slumber, O sluggard, or O lazy person? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Wow. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. See, laziness is not going to survive. Do you understand that? Laziness will not survive. Laziness won't make it in any economy. You understand that? I tell you, you know, I talk about heavenomics, you know. 
that he meets our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I tell you what, if you're lazy, that laziness doesn't work in any economic system. Won't work in heavenomics. God's looking for people who will put their hand to the plow and do what their hand finds to do. Listen to this, Proverbs 10. Just listen to these, just repetitious scriptures. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent or the hand of the hard worker makes rich. Listen to this, Proverbs 12. He who tills his land, that means he works his land, will be satisfied with bread. But he who follows frivolity or frivolity, goofing off, is devoid of understanding. Listen to this. Proverbs 12 says this. The hand of the diligent or the hand of the hard worker will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 13. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent or the soul of the hard worker will be made rich. Look at Proverbs 26, 13. Let's look at this one. Proverbs 26, 13. The lazy man says, There's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. Do you know there's some people so lazy, they'll crab about even having to take the... The, the fork and bring the food to their lips. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. You know, verse 13 again, the lazy man says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion is in the streets. I've watched this over the years with uh, folks that, that, that don't have a job, you know. How many of you know if you don't have a job, you need to be looking for one? How many of you know if you don't have a job, your job is finding a job? Is that right? Now, is that right? And, and I've met folks over the years already that, that uh, they, they, wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't go out and look for work. And then I've met others over the years that, uh, in fact, I, I recall a fellow years ago when we were uh, tearing down the buildings that used to sit on this property to build this facility here. And uh, he had come to, the, to, to us, you know, he was a member of the church, and he, he had come on several occasions because he had lost his job, and, and uh, uh, he asked for assistance, and we assisted him many, several times, three, four, five times we had assisted him. Amen. There's nobody in my church that attends here regularly that's going to starve. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? You attend here regularly, and you're hooked in, I don't care if you give money in here or not. You're not going to starve if you're under my jurisdiction. Did you hear me? But he had come and, and uh, we'd helped him on several uh, occasions. This goes back when we were, before we built this facility here. But after about the fifth or sixth time, I could see he wasn't doing all that he could. And so he, he, he came and I said, well... I said, uh, before we give you any more assistance, you know, I want you to uh, come up here and, and uh, work on these uh, tearing down, because he's a well-able-bodied man, 
just work in the evening because he had a he did have a job but it wasn't meeting his needs and uh, so so I said come up and uh, work on tearing down you know these buildings in the evening and uh, he said well he said you know what he said I have to report to work at 8 o'clock in the morning and I get off at 4 and by the time I get off I'm just I'm just so tired and he said well I just I'm just I just not going to do that and I said that'd be fine you can starve then see now I'll let him starve oh the mean old pastor the mean old pastor listen I used to get up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning and I used to go to work and I used to uh, teach school from uh, 7.35 or whatever, 7.35, and I taught 7th and 8th graders in a room that didn't have air conditioning on days like this on a third story in rooms where, where the teacher's lounge was full of roaches. How come you didn't quit? Because I wanted to put food on the table for my family. And then in the wintertime, it was just the reverse. You get down those cold days and the heat, the furnace didn't work as it should. I remember talk, uh, teaching school, and I had my, my parka on, teaching 7th and 8th graders while they threw spit wads across the room. Those things froze just about in mid. No, I'm just teasing. I'm, I'm kidding. But, uh, but uh, and then I'd get off at, at like 3 o'clock or whatever it was, and then... I uh, was the head of the math department for the whole district, so I did that on top of teaching. And then I did the intramurals. I volunteered for the intramurals. Why? Because it was extra money. And then two nights a week, I taught at Merrimack College. So I'd get off work sometimes 5, and my classes started at Merrimack 6.30, I'd, to 6.30 to 9.30. And then on Wednesday nights, we had church. And it wasn't nice like it is now. How many of you were with us back then when we had to load and unload that, that, all that sound every Wednesday night? And then if it wasn't hard enough dealing with the, the middle school all day long, then we met up here at the school on Wednesday nights and I had the jan uh, janitors and I had the basketball team and the football team and everybody else you could think of and the heat and air conditioning they had it up there but it never worked half the time I think they sabotaged us some but see we did that for years on top of that my wife worked for years say years, years. so I at one point there I had uh, two full-time jobs and, and then well almost three full-time jobs I worked And uh, so that fella, you know, he, well, you know, he said, well, I just, you know, I just, and he's an able-bodied man. He wasn't an old, old fella. He was, I mean, he was able-bodied, you know. He wasn't 90 years old. He was able-bodied. So I worked from 8 till 4, and it wasn't a grinding job out, you know, where he was doing construction. You know what I mean. Now, now don't tell me you can't come by the church in the evening and tear some boards down. How bad do you want to eat? How bad do you want to provide for your family, you see? How bad do you want to survive? Huh? And, you know, I believe in helping people and helping them, but there comes a time where, you know, if a person can work and they won't. Well, the Bible says if a person doesn't work, they don't what? I didn't say that. The Bible said that. And there are different circumstances where people, you know, have fallen hard times. The church is here. We're here to help folks. 
But I'm talking about people that we've helped, you know, five, six, seven times, and they can work and they won't. See, God's not going to bless that kind of. God will let those folks starve. Did you hear me? Now, it sounds hard, but it's, it's so. And, 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 and I've watched these folks. They make excuse and excuse. And you think I've heard, I mean, you, I've heard just about every kind of excuse that there is to hear. You remember I was a school teacher for a lot of years. And, and I've heard excuse after excuse, not only teaching the school, but in the ministry. I'll tell you something else. I just, this isn't in my notes, but I'll say it. The faithful person will abound with blessing. What's faithful? Always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good and a right attitude. Now, you know, I, 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 I don't, don't call attention to myself to accolade myself because I, 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 you know, but I ought to be an example. Fifteen years, going on sixteen, almost sixteen years now, Every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, I've reported for duty in this pulpit, and I've had perfect attendance. And I say that humbly, but I've been here. I've been to the house. I've, I've done the assignment that God's given me to do. You hear me? The only time I've missed is when I've been on vacation. And my wife's been right by my side. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Another reason I'm blessed is because of this woman that's sitting on the front row. She's been by my side every step of the way and has helped me on every side. Praise God. Amen. And I went to the house of God to find her. I didn't go to a bar. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? But faithfulness. Always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. I remember I got, I got word one time uh, 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 about 2 o'clock. Well, actually, it was a little earlier on a Wednesday that just knocked the wind right out of your sails. Put your, head where your, put your head where your feet is and your feet where your head is. Did I come and preach that night? I came and preached. Amen. How bad do you want to prosper? How bad do you want to prosper? See, people look at us now and see we're prosperous. We didn't get here overnight. Amen. And I didn't use your tithe, or do tithe dollar to get it either, praise God. I get paid a fair salary. But we've sought the Lord, and God's blessed. We've been faithful. Amen. Shouldn't I be an example? You know? I think, I think that folks ought to have some kind of an issue with... Because uh, I've seen pastors and they, 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 they've, they've been in a place for years and years and years and they're always struggling, always struggling, always struggling, always struggling, always struggling, always struggling. How many of you know we run into struggles from time to time? But we overcome, don't we? I mean, you, would you really want to follow after a ministry that's struggling all, I mean, 15 years and, and we're broke, busted and disgusted? And we can't get the word of God to work for us? Praise God. Can you say amen? amen? Well, did it come through just studying and praying? That's just half of it. The other half came through blood, sweat, and tears. Hard work. Did you hear me? Listen to this. Proverbs 14. Just listen. Where, where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. So you need to work like an ox if you want to prosper. Did you hear me? You can't just go in your prayer closet and pray it all in. 
That's the, did you hear me? No more than you can than you can just work your fingers to the bone and get it. Say the natural, the natural. and the supernatural, the supernatural. Coming, together. coming together. You okay? Yes. Amen. Listen, Proverbs 14 says, In all labor there's profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. I've learned this. There's people that walk it, there's people that talk it, and there's people that walk it. I want to follow somebody who's walking in the Word of God, not just talking a good game. How about you? Listen to this. Laziness, Proverbs 19. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Listen, Proverbs 20. Do not love sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will be satisfied with bread. Now, you've got to put that in context with the rest of the Bible. Does the Bible say that he gives his beloved sleep? How many of you know there's a time to sleep, isn't there? How many of you know there's eight hours for that? But how many other hours are there? Come on. Oh, 16. Yeah, I'm the old math teacher. There's 16 other hours where we ought to be praying and, and working hard. Is that right? Is this blessing you tonight? If you do just half of what we're saying here tonight in the process of time, you'll be prospering. Look at, uh, well, let me just read this to you. Proverbs 21, The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Uh, let me say this. The lazy, I've learned this about lazy folk. They always want what the hard worker has, but they're not willing to do what the hard worker did to get it. Proverbs 28 says, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity, frivolity, goofing off, will have poverty enough. That's, almost, that's twice the Bible said almost the exact same thing. But you need to look at this one, Proverbs 23, 4. You need to look at this, Proverbs 23, 4. You need to look at this one. I'm just taught, teaching you how to survive in these times. Do not over what? Overwork to be rich because of your own understanding cease. How many of you know we ought to be hard workers, but can you work too much? Yeah, and I watch people overwork themselves. And, and you see, don't overwork, you know. Do the natural stuff, but then don't overwork. Then get in the prayer closet and believe God. Do you see? Do you understand? I've watched people, and, and you've got to stay in the middle of the road. I've watched, they, you know, people want to, they want to do all the praying and, and, and the tithing and giving and praying, but they don't want to do the hard work. They go under, you get people that work their fingers to the bone, and they overwork and don't do the spiritual stuff. It's the natural and supernatural coming together. Amen. Look at this, Proverbs 24. Here's something else that folks oftentimes overlook. So we've said a lot about working hard, but look at this one. Proverbs 24, verse 30. I went to the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. Now, now listen, you can learn something right here. I can teach you a principle from the Word of God that will really help you to survive. So I went to this lazy man's field, vineyard. Now watch this. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with 
nettles or with weeds. 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 Oh my. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come, come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Listen carefully. Here's a principle to prosperity, a principle to surviving, a principle to being advanced by God. Take care of what you do have. Instead of grumbling about what you don't have, take care of what you do have. Well, I just got a broken down old rattle trap for a car. Well, it ought to be the shiniest broken down rattle trap that there is. Did you hear me? It ought to be clean. Did you hear me? Go clean it. Polish it. Take care of it. You know, I just got an old house. Well, you know what? Uh, go out there and cut the grass. Weed the yard. Paint the thing. Amen? Wash the windows. I tell you, this is something right here that God really looks at this. Taking care and maintaining what you do have. Amen? You know, come in your house. Well, I just got this little bitty house. There shouldn't be a cobweb anywhere in it. Ought to be, keep it clean. Keep it swept. Keep it clean. Keep it vacuumed. Keep the windows clean. Clean the windowsills. Amen? Wash the walls. Paint the walls. Right? Well, pastor, I just can't afford, I just can't afford new carpet. Fine. That carpet you do have, keep it vacuumed. Huh? Take care of what you do have. I'm telling you, if you want to go anywhere with God, this has to be done. Because He will not advance you if you don't take care of what you do have. Why should He trust you with more if, if you won't take care of what you have now? Is that right? Amen. It's the truth. And then, and then here's something else. Proverbs 6.6. 6. Let's go there. Go to the ant. You sluggard. So what does God tell lazy people, sluggards, lazy people to do? Go to the ant. Why would God send somebody to the ant? Well, he's going to tell us why. Consider her ways and be wise. What can we learn from an ant? Well, he tells us. Which having no captain, no overseer or ruler. You know, let me tell you what. Uh, I've heard people a lot of times complain because they have a boss over them. Did you know it's a whole lot easier to have a boss directly over you than to have no boss directly over you? Because that boss is going to see to it that you do what you're supposed to. But when you don't have have that, because I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, they, you know, they, they, they have like bosses, you know. And then, and then I've talked to other people that, 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 that they, they kind of like self-employed. And actually, it's far more difficult to be disciplined when you're self-employed when you don't have a direct overseer. And it's really harder to not have a boss. It's easier to have a boss. Yeah, but that boss, he's just so mean. Well, he's making sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I'm not condoning, you know, ignorant people that are being, you know what I mean by ignorant? They're rude and crude, just nasty. I'm not condoning that. But, you know, be thankful that you got somebody over you to see what you, they see to it. You do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't crab about that, boss. Be thankful you got that boss. Well, that went over 
like a lead balloon. I could feel that one in the spirit. You didn't like that. You know one reason why you ought to be glad you have a boss is because you ought to be thankful you got a job. Is that right? It's a lot harder to not have a direct overseer. But what can we learn from the ant? Verse 8, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. What does the ant do? The ant is out there when, in, when, when things are plenteous. The ant is out there storing up for when things are going to be like the winter time. Didn't we learn that from Joseph? How many remembers Joseph? Didn't he? I mean, he, God, and there's much we could say. He kept a good attitude. Keeping a good attitude is important. Remember, he went from the pit to the palace. Remember that? And then remember, the Pharaoh had that dream, and then he interpreted it. There's going to be seven plenteous years, and then seven years of famine. And what did Joseph do? He stored up in the plenteous years. Is that right? And then when the famine hit, he had. They had the food there, to, and, and it really it kept Israel alive, didn't it? Didn't it? Oh, dear friends, have a storehouse. Have a savings account. Have a storehouse. Why do you need a storehouse? Because God commands the blessing on the storehouse. I heard a preacher say this years ago, and it's right, and I've done it, and, and it works. It, it, get you a savings account. Get a storehouse, put a dollar in it. How can you, well, I don't have a storehouse. I don't have a savings account. Well, how can God command a blessing on something that doesn't even exist? Get you a savings account. Get you a storehouse. Can you say amen? amen. And, and, and budget. Just budget. You know, budget, uh, 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 budget, you know, when, when, when things are, are, are real good, when things are, a lot, a lot of things, money's coming in, take that money and put, put just if it's, if it's just, if it's just a dollar a week, put something aside. You understand? If you put a, if you put a dollar a week aside, by the end of the year, you'd have how many dollars? Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start conducting some math classes. My gosh, let me start over. You just, you now listen to the question. If you put a dollar a week aside by the end of the year, how many dollars would you have? Good boy, there you go. What if you put a dollar a day? 365 or 366 or 365 and a third, 33 cents. It doesn't matter, but you're close. But, you know, so I said, well, you mean just a dollar a week? Well, think about it. How many, how many like to just have 52 extra dollars right now? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Huh? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Amen. Praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? So what are we supposed to learn from the ant? Be a budgeter. Look at Proverbs 21.5. Proverbs 21.5. Go there real quick. Look at this. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Proverbs 21.5. Good planning, that's budgeting. Budgeting. You know you need to have a budget, dear friends. Budgeting, that's not a dirty word, by the way. And hard work lead to what? Prosperity. Prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. That says a lot, doesn't it? Now look at, now I know we're in the book of Proverbs, but quickly... 
go to Psalms 37:25 in the Amplified Bible. I'm going to teach you something else. I'm just going to go on a few more minutes. Let's go to Psalms 37:25, Amplified Bible. Psalms, not Proverbs now. Psalms 37:25, Amplified. The psalmist says, "I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken." are their seed-begging bread. So what can you do? What's another thing you can do to be sure you survive? Be uncompromisingly righteous. Did you hear me now? Look at Proverbs. Now back to Proverbs 13.25. Proverbs 13.25. Proverbs 13.25 The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. So does righteousness pay off? Does living right pay off? It sure does. Listen to Proverbs 11. Just listen. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the foliage. That's a good thing. Proverbs 14, the house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. How many of you want your house to flourish? Well, then be upright. Live right. Amen? Amen. Live right. Live holy. Amen? Listen to Proverbs 15. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. So living living right. Now go to Proverbs 5, verse 8. This hooks right into it. You know the company we keep has everything to do with whether or not we're going to survive? Look at Proverbs 5, 8. This is New King James, of course. Remove your way far from her, talking about the harlot, And do not go near the door of her house. How many of you know if you don't go near the door, you won't wind up in her bed? Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. You mean messing up sexually can cut your life short? Yes. Both in natural things and spiritual things. Lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. Wow. Look at Proverbs 23.20. Proverbs 23.20. Do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat. I wish you'd have stopped with wine bibbers, huh? What does the Bible say? Don't mix with drunkards or with gluttonous people. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. So just, you mean the company you keep can affect whether or not you're going to survive in this hour? Yeah. Well, praise God. We'll close with Proverbs 13, 18. We'll close here. I hope this blessed you tonight. You, you know these midweek Bible studies are very important. 
Proverbs 13, 18. There's so much we could say. Can't get it all in in one service, but I'm getting the highlights of some of these things in. Wouldn't you agree you, you just did half of this stuff tonight and bless you? Well, let's do it all. Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains what? Correction. But he who regards a rebuke will be honored. You know, I've watched this over the years. And, and people, I've watched people, they will not, they won't, I mean, I can understand if a man is being ignorant and just, you know, you know what I mean, being ignorant, rude and crude and correcting somebody. But I've stood in the pulpit already under the anointing of the Spirit of God, just teaching the Word of God and it has brought, brought correction and people will not listen to it. They disdain it. I've had them get mad at me and leave. <laughs> but you know what? Poverty and shame comes to those people and I've watched it over these many years now. I'm always glad when the Lord corrects me. I'm glad when He corrects me because that means He loves me. Have you ever had the Lord call you a freeloader? You have? Well, her and me is on the same list. Back years ago, before I started tithing and giving offerings, I was sitting in a church and uh, the offering came by and I, I put my tip in. You know, don't be a tipper, be a tither. Amen? But, but I, I put my tip in, and I was, I was making decent money, and I put my little tip in, and just as I did, the Lord hit me with a low blow. He called me a freeloader. That got my attention. He corrected me. I didn't like it. Just on the inside, He called me a freeloader. It, 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 it made me angry. And I thought, I thought about, you know, well, I'm just not going to put anything in. But no, no, and I didn't disdain correction. Boy, I'm so glad I didn't. And from that day to this, I've been a tither and a giver. And you know what? God has opened the windows of heaven and has poured out blessing. Amen? I hope you got something out of this tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hear that girl right there. You come here. Come here. No, you. Uh, you. Next, right there. Yeah, come here. Come here. I do this every once in a while when the Lord directs me. Just to show these youngsters... Here, you came to church tonight. Here. Praise God. There. There's $20. Praise God. Amen. Now, you take that and you tithe on it. You hear me? And then you take the rest of it, save some of it, and then take the rest of it and go buy yourself something nice. Amen. No, no, the Lord told me to do it. Amen. That's fine, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. Teach these young people it's, it pays to serve God. Amen. Hallelujah. If I'd have had a bigger bill in my wallet, I'd have given it to her. That's the biggest one I got. Amen. How come you didn't do that to me? Because the Lord told me to call her up here. Give it to her. Amen. Now what are you going to do? You're going to tithe on it, right? Then you're going to save some, aren't you? And then you're going to go buy yourself something nice. Maybe you go buy an ice cream cone. Maybe you go bless those other girls with an ice cream cone. Amen. Well, come on, let's receive the tithes and the offerings.